Hello there, and welcome to the Dance of the Soul. And Regan and I are here to support you through life's ups and downs. And, you know, the Dance of the Soul is about how we dance through life. And Regan had something that was pretty personal that he went through today. And, you know, our, our want is to support people through this ups and downs in life. And Regan is a hypnotherapist who comes and helps through past lives and that kind of stuff. So when he goes through something, he has a perspective. Just like me being a medium, intuitive personal awareness coach goes through something, I take a different perspective. And it's one of those things that we work through life. And, you know, and Veronica here, <laughs> she just timed in. I made it. Well, she texted me and said that uh, her Wi-Fi went out and oh, wow. and she was uh, struggling. But she also wanted to say that that app that you suggested last week, she said that she tell you that she was it was good for her. So she's grateful. Yeah. Uh, insight timer. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. OK, so now we're going to go to you because and we're just going to jump in here. So if you have anybody has a comment or anything like that, please put in. And I, when a, the moment opens up, I'll put it in like I just put in Veronica's. And, and it's just one of those things that we go through life. So so Regan, you had this moment today that was kind of a gathering for something that's happened in the past. It sounded like real quick. And, and we only had a couple of seconds to talk before you came, we came on here. So okay. we're kind of catching up, but that's what we do here. So if you would like, please. Well, actually it was yesterday, um, Sunday, we had a memorial service for my daughter's uh, ex-husband um, who she, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I, Natasha, you helped her with something actually uh, back about a year ago when this happened or, you know, talk to her about it. But um, we finally had a memorial service, even though he died about just about a year ago this week, uh, he committed suicide. And um, my daughter and him were very close uh, still, you know, in other words, he just had uh, alcohol issues. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, when he would drink, he would just be like a monster. Other than that, he was a really nice guy. You know, that's what alcohol does to some people, you know, and uh, he had he had just um, uh, brought my uh, granddaughter home because he had split custody he had her during the summer and he dropped her off at the airport and said goodbye. And then he went home and uh, his, his home with his family has a, several acres of land. He went back by a pond back there and just blew his brains out, you know, so what, you know, to seven year old girl, this is. This is, she just can't understand that kind of thing, you know, so therapy has helped. Um, and my daughter still loved him, you know, I mean, there was, but mm -hmm. she, just, she was being responsible and says, I can't, you know. The, the entity of alcoholism stops many of us. Yeah. Or a drug abuse stops many of us who still love. You we still just love can't, you can't deal with the life. You, you just can't yeah. deal with the life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, it was interesting on, there was about 15, no, I think we had about 20 people that showed up. It was mainly my, uh, my other daughters and their, uh, children. And, um, uh, when they had the, uh, when she went back to Minnesota with her, with my granddaughter and herself last year, they were ostracized from the funeral. Really. It was, the parents were upset at her that they, she divorced him and, and so it was it was even more drama that went on with my granddaughter. She never had any closure because she was made to feel like an outsider. And this was her dad, you know, so that was more more abuse, you know, onto this little girl. And she's she's just a sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. She was so adult though yesterday. She at the ceremony. And I hear, you know, the thing about how we judge people. OK, I, I didn't have all the facts. And so I judged him very harshly as who he was. But then at the funeral, all of a sudden the military are there and they did the 21 gun salute, you know, and the, um, my uh, granddaughter, they gave the flag to my granddaughter, not to, you know, that's what my, my daughter said. She needs to get the flag, you know, because she thought it was more important than her getting the flag since mm -hmm. it was her husband, you know. And, oh, I had never, um, oh, 
my love is with you, your family. And, you know, when we go through these things, you know, and, and if you can't talk about it, I can understand. But I'm grateful that you're willing to because, you know, this brings back my funeral days with my, I mean, I have not lost a child. I have not lost, uh, you know, a husband or, or, you know, that kind of thing to go into that kind of grief. But yet being there, you know, my dad was my soul partner. And so I did lose a soul partner. And even though he was my father, but, you know, and so with that, when we lose someone and we have to go through those moments and to me, Whenever I've had a funeral, I call them my best worst days. Yeah. Because of the fact that, for one, I knew when I was going to funerals with my parents that, that those are people who I grew up knowing and I would never see them again. In addition to saying goodbye to my, my father and my mother and my rest of my family, and I had a military for my uncle because he was in the military, um, that, you know, and then the the best day was I was seeing these people, but yet at the same time it was worse because I would never see them again. Plus, I was saying goodbye to someone who I dearly loved. And these truths, you know, he, as a, as someone, you don't hear all these stories, you yeah. know, until you're in that moment. And then you get flooded with these stories of of who somebody truly was. Yeah. Well, I learned. All sides. I, this is where I when the military was there and I went, Oh, I didn't even know he was in the military. I mean, you know, I didn't know that when my daughter had met him, it was a kind of a quick thing. They got married. I was at their wedding. That was the only time I met him. And then he immediately moved him to Minnesota. So um, I, I didn't really get to know him as a son-in-law or anything like that. But what I found out was is that he was suffering from PTSD. He had uh, been in, uh, in Iraq. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, he, he graduated from, he was going in the National Guard and he graduated from training the day that 9-11 happened. And so that was like his graduation, boom, you know, so he went over there. <clears throat> and I don't know all the circumstances, but Candace did share with me that he went through some really horrible stuff. As as many. I mean, I work with clients all the time with PTSD. Now I understand. I mean, it was not, you know, he just couldn't deal with it, you mm -hmm. know, and he refused. To, he said, no, no, I can deal with it. I don't need to get help. And my daughter's a little upset saying she knew he needed help. He didn't get help. If he had and he had killed himself, then my my granddaughter would have the benefit, you know, have the benefits uh, from that, you know. Uh, but uh, he never did. And that's so true. Uh, I lived, uh, I had a guy that uh, one of my clients that he decided he wanted to have therapy and he was a friend of a friend of mine. And he lived in Mexico and I went down and he said, look, you can stay in my beach house for a few weeks and give me therapy for free. And I said, hey, that's great. So I went down there and it turned into being there a year and a half. And he only wanted two 15 minute sessions in that year and a half. And uh, and it's because he wasn't ready. You know, he wasn't mm -hmm. ready. He couldn't really begin to face it. So any of you people that know vets that are out there, um, let me tell you that there is a not just spiritual therapy. Spiritual therapy would work great if they're open to it. But there's something called emotional freedom technique, which is tapping or something called EMDR. There's there's like sister mm -hmm. modalities and they work. They work, 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 work. Oh, my gosh. I've had people with post-traumatic stress. It's just tapping where you, you mm -hmm. tap into parts of your body while you're talking about your issue. And we don't know exactly why it works, but believe me, it works. Yeah. And, uh, veterans are getting better uh, by this, but they have to they have to man up, be a real man and say, look, I can't deal with this myself because somehow they feel it's a stigma, you know, or or something's wrong with them if they can't handle everything. You can't handle everything, you know. Now, and, and that's that's the that's the image. I got it. I got an intuitive hit about five years ago that men lovingly said who have been taught to stuff stuff you bet stuff their emotions their and I'm talking to you being a man all yeah. that they basically all that they are as a human stuff it so that they can just be this man you know and I got a hit you know like I said about 5 6 years ago that us women us women we're here, if we can, to take men and show them that 
our emotions are worthy of being cared for. Yeah. And I know for me that I have navigated with several men helping them with that, that being a little bit vulnerable and tearing up, and I'm going to tag the one I'm married to, that it's okay to feel these emotions because you're a, a more rounded person. And yeah. so many military, what do they teach you from day one? You know, you get a double stuff. You know, you get that, you know, you get it from the your parents and your, you know, and everybody, don't cry. You hurt yourself, don't cry. And then, then you get in the military and they say, buck up, buck up, buck up, you know, type of thing. That's and they have a, a, a I've heard this term from military men a number of times. Um, so uh, an SUV blows up in front of you and body parts everywhere. It's drive on, drive on. You know, it's just like, forget it. You know, don't stuff it, stuff it. Don't, don't deal mm -hmm. with it. And that's why it's an epidemic. You know, we're losing like 20, I think it's 24, 25 veterans a day now that are committing suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're usually, they're usually vets more than most of them are people my age. In other words, they never dealt with it, and they finally just they just can't deal with it anymore. Um, what they found out in science is that, and and this has to do with post-traumatic stress from, you know, women that have you know incest, rape, or violence mm -hmm. to them, or anybody that has something. You know, it's not just soldiers that get PTSD. You could be in an automobile accident that's severe, and somebody dies yeah. from PTSD. Okay, uh, and if you don't deal with it, uh, then the neural pathways in your mind as you get older. You, the, the neural pathways that are damaged start taking over the healthy neural pathways and it just gets worse and worse and worse until you can't deal with it. So knowing that there is a way that you can get better, that you don't have to live with that the rest of your life, which is, you know, through hypnosis and through uh, tapping EFT and EMDR, people are getting better. They're getting their lives back again so that they don't have to, you know, commit suicide when they're my mm -hmm. age. So, you know, people need to know that there is help out there. And you, you just, you men out there just, you know, how's it working for you not crying, you know? <laughs> not, you know, how's it working for you not being sensitive? Or how's it not working for you having to admit that you don't have all the answers to everything everybody asks, you know? Uh, it doesn't work. Mm -mm. You know? So they need to do that. But, yeah, it was uh, just seeing this, um, my granddaughter and the way she handled herself, it was just beautiful. She had some tears. Um and she gave up, she got up and had read something about her father that was nice. And she even made a little joke in the middle of it. Something got everybody laughing, you know, and then she went back to being serious again. So I was so proud of her. You know, she's, 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 you know, because we got her right into counseling, she's been able to talk about my, and my daughter says counseling is just it, it's, wonders for her. Yeah. If you can, if you can teach, show, uh, engage with grief in its moment wherever it is with someone you trust it's amazing how it doesn't necessarily shorten the path it doesn't necessarily make it that much easier but it makes it more palatable it makes it more it, it's yeah. not so you know it, for me being the observer observer of grief you stay out of anger or anger is a shorter term or or anger hits you and then it it, it it's it's not a it's not anger that because grief can hit anger and anger can stay there for a very long time if you're communicating with grief and you're interacting with it anger has moments where it hits and and you can you can kind of go into i i get why this happens i'm still really angry about it but I, I have an understanding, but I'm still angry about it, you know? So instead of being just angry, which what a gift for your family that you're not going to have as, oh, the word, the only word I can think of is damaged, but I don't want that word because she's not, your granddaughter's not damaged, but if she did not get help, that's where I think the the drug abuse slips in or the alcoholism slips in or the or she goes searching for a dad in a different way with relationships with men and and it's not necessarily she that's not her story but those are the op opportunities that these things happen with us as 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 children and young teens and and teens and then we become adults and then we get stuck in these stories 
and then it takes us like a crowbar trying to get out of them and yeah. it's just amazing so thank you for 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 being the man that you are to at least show your family that something is worthwhile to talk about yeah i mean i'm so proud of my daughter too because she's so open with her with my granddaughter uh talking honestly and lovingly with her and and the thing I was a little concerned about too is she was putting so much attention on her, but I know she was suffering too. It was the hardest mm -hmm. year of her life, you know. So uh, I, I've been trying to uh, have talks with her and and that and uh, and as you you did, but I, I think it was a little too fresh for her. She just yes. she you actually contacted him on the other side, but I think her her wound was still a little fresh, and I think and she, that happens that happens. So um, I'm I'm here now. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, you know, it made me think in this work I do where the youngest that I've had in a life between life process was a 10 year old uh, girl who um, we talked about it one other time, one other show, but maybe it's a good time to bring it up again. Um, and uh, her parents contacted me because her therapist knew that I did this sort of work where we do work in the afterlife thing mm -hmm. and knew that adults would come to me sometimes to uh, to actually face-to-face -face, talk to people in heaven about uh, you know reconnect with them you know mm -hmm. people so they came to me and uh i said well you know we really haven't done a lot of research with children because uh we don't want to retrop they don't know how to handle emotions they're not to the age of reason yet where you know things can happen we don't want to chance uh you know something negative happening that they can't or too much for them that they can't uh process Mm -hmm. But, you know, I talked to the young girl. She was she was just oh, I I can still picture her when she walked in the room. Her eyes, I swear, she was like a, an old soul. I mean, just what a what an angel, what a beautiful person. Anyway, she had told her parents since she was three years old that uh, a man she says, Mommy, a man killed me in the back of a stabbed her to death in the back of a car. And the parents always like, oh, this is where's this coming from? But she never changed her story. And even at 10 years old, it still bothered her some. Mm -hmm. So she went right into trance. She was just, I mean, you know, because kids are so suggestible. Yeah, so, they are. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the yeah, scary no thing and a nice thing. <laughs> yeah. And she actually went to another lifetime where she was a man named George and had a wife and kids and and lived to be uh lived to outlive her husband, actually. I know outlive her her, you know, he gets her, other, her other half. <laughs> Your other half, right. Um but then we had an angel that appeared, uh, somebody like you, Natasha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we asked directly to the angel, had this happened? And the angel said, it comforted her and said, yes, this did happen to you. And it ended up being in Europe in the 40s sometime. In the backseat of a car, there's a man that had, had ended her life. Mm -hmm. And um, the angel says, you don't, that was the past, that's in the past. You don't have to worry about it now. Everything is okay. You know, and you could just see if she's in trance and she's just getting really like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that, you know? Yeah. Now here's the thing that was interesting. The angel also said, now I'm going to tell you something that you also need to worry about that that person who had ended your life in that past life is going to appear in your life later on, but they're here to make amends. And so it's nothing to worry about, you know? And I asked her about that afterwards, knowing that and she says, are you okay with that? And she goes, yes, yes, I'm okay. I feel better. You know, so I had the parents in the room and it was it was just one of the sessions I'll remember for always because of of her. She was just pure love. soul, mm. and your old girl. Oh, my God. And it reminded me of my kid, my four daughters, you know, when they were that age, how beautiful and innocent they are still before they become teenagers <laughs> and get a little hardcore. Uh, but um, so, um, you know, we all we handle death in different ways. Um, we do, we do, and, and and there's no right way. There's no straight road. There's yeah. no there. I mean, that road could be like the roadie I trimmed that had limbs that was doing this. You know, it was like you know, it, it, there's no straight road to it. There's no right or wrong. There's no reason why the. I mean, people try to say, why am I laughing now and crying the next second? You know, it, that's it, called right. grief. That's called the emotions. And, you know, there's so many of us that are not able to say goodbye, like your your daughter wow. and your granddaughter that, you know, and I can I can have empathy and sympathy for, you know, the the parents of, you know, the the, the 
the son-in-law. Yeah. That they were in such grief and it's hard in so many of our personal beliefs. My love's with you. And those personal beliefs and then you deal with religious beliefs about where our family goes when they commit suicide. Yeah. Which is totally not that's man written, not not spirit written, not not higher love written. You know, they're taken care of. They're very very taken care of. They're actually taken care of almost more cuddled and caught uh, and and supported through that shock value than someone who is let's say 80 year old and is passing. You know, the the it depends on our life. You know, like people with a lot of PSD and 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 a lot of trauma, they do get taken care of differently than some of us that have more of a gentler life. I'm going to call it yeah. that that we we just move on. Like the difference between my dad and probably your son-in-law was huge. My dad had just maybe family members and and love, you know, angels that just said hi, welcome. Where the other, like your son-in-law had a you know a couple hands you know he he was being held he was he was hugged he had angels wings around him he was supported he was not alone he was actually taken out of his body before that moment happened so he his, his you know this is what i'm getting that he that he was not in the body at that moment of impact People he was taken and and that that moment he was almost blindfolded and and so his soul did not go through the drama his body you know obviously had its own effects to go through yeah. but but the soul the soul memory had memory of it happening but not the experience of it happening does mm -hmm. that make sense it does yeah because i know when i have people experiencing past lives a, a lot of times uh at the moment when it gets the most painful or something physical they actually leave their body prior to their physical body actually uh, ending mm -hmm. so, uh, i know that uh, that person that uh, oprah had on her show one time who um oh no yeah oprah had someone on there and i think it was brian weiss who's written many lives many masters which is a mm -hmm. great book uh, about all the different lives we live. Uh, he's probably the person known most in the world right now for doing past life regressions is Brian Weiss. But anyway, he was on Oprah and a man agreed to come on there to go through the experience again. And this was a man that was a pilot in World War II who got shot down. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, uh, so uh, Brian had him relax. He went back to that life again. And the reason that, um, that we, and the man started getting very emotional. Another thing again was uh, he's a gunner and here's this plane coming up that he has to shoot and he couldn't get himself because he knew he was going to kill another human being. But because of that, the other plane shot them and they and, and so all of his crew members got killed. So he had that that before he died, had that guilt that was there. Like, okay, I didn't kill this two guy. Two rights don't well, make a wrong and, and two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing that was helping him heal. And, you know, that he got the overview of everything, you know, but he, he said that, you know, before they actually landed and crashed in the ocean where he died, he had left his body and saw the plane, you know, crash from above, mm -hmm. you know, and that happens with a lot of times with uh, not all the time. Sometimes people mm -hmm. mm, a little bit painful. Yeah. That's why I, when I do my mediumship, when I do that, that, cause I do get the image. It's kind of like a movie an overview of kind of what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have asked that I don't see the blood and the, you know, because I don't need to carry that with me. It's, right. <laughs> but yet yeah. I do get an overview of what happened. And, yeah. and with that, that, that that's why I tell the family members that I know for sure that that soul was not there, that he, yeah. that he was standing to the side and actually, you know how a parent takes a child and turns their eyes to something that's ugly. Yeah, that's that's what happened because he, his soul had already done enough seen and and dealt with enough trauma. Yeah, the angel said, "You have had enough." Yeah, and 
and with that, that, that there's that moment where things happen, where we all go through something and, you know, you know, there's fixes for everything. We're in a generation where, you know, I wish we didn't get a, I wish we wouldn't have gotten rid of the words shell shocked. Yeah. I wish we would have kept this the 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 conversation because PSD puts it light on what some of this drama trauma that some of these people are going through. Yeah. That that yes, I understand PSD is, and I'm not even saying it right. Probably me and my dyslexia. I don't. I get loose lost in in uh, in terminologies. But you know, there's that that part of us that we go through something and and as we work through something and go, you know that you know especially the people that that go through um like car accidents or or like 911 or those things that are just you know shell shocked yeah. we, we can't believe it it it's not you know it's not and and then you have PSD from being shell shocked yeah if that makes any sense it's that yeah. Uh, matter of fact, the, the recent thing I just saw on 60 Minutes uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I guess I'd heard about it in passing on the news, but it was it was such a big deal where um, after we killed um, one of their uh, head guys with a drone over in Iran, you know, we, we ambushed them, we killed them. Their retaliation was sending um, missiles down on one of our bases where they had like 60 or 70 planes there and uh, thousands of soldiers. And somehow luckily um we intercepted uh or we we our satellites watch as they were moving missiles mm. and we knew something was happening so they warned the base and they were able to get rid of or most of the people were able to get out but so, a base can never be left unattended so some people had to volunteer to stay there even knowing that these bombs were come oh my god so they 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 were interviewing soldiers afterwards and um uh, there's hundreds, several hundred there still or something, or maybe more than that. But uh, luckily, no one got killed. But the 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 energy that was expelled with these thousand pound missile bombs coming in, unbelievable. Uh, and the people that survived it um, are still have huge shell shock PTSD mm -hmm. from it. You know, President Trump was saying, oh, nobody got killed. Everybody's fine. You know, but it, it's just damaged their lives, you know? So a lot of them hopefully are getting treatment now for the shell shock, you know? Um, so that was really bad. And uh, they said, if, you know, if they had killed a bunch of our men, then, uh, you know, who knows, we'd have been in a big war, you know, but luckily we, um, you know, didn't do that. But anyway, I would, that was, I would just, just saying that just because you don't die, or you don't get a physical wound in your body, or you lose an eye, an arm, or a leg. I mean, just being in that dramatic, just like if you're if you're in a in an automobile accident, and maybe someone dies in an accident, and you don't, and you get out and go, "Wow, whew, I, I should be perfectly fine because nothing happened to me." Uh -uh. <laughs> you know, you got to get help. And again, EFT hypnosis and that works really well for. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be the only therapy they had uh, was talking therapy. And all that does is bring it up again and again and again. And eventually, eventually, maybe after a couple of years, you desensitize yourself a little bit so that it's not as hard because you've told the story so many times. But you got to go through hell over and over and over again. That's why it was so bad for like uh, uh, rape uh, for, for women. And they, they would have to go through this and they would go years and make very little progress. But this EFT and everything, like usually three or four sessions, my clients are feel like they have their lives back again. Mm -hmm. You know, it works, it works, it works. So, you know, just again, emphasizing people that have any kind of trauma. If you were a child and you experienced trauma, you know, you get to be an adult and you think, oh, I'm an adult now, so I can deal with that. But that's still, that's still. It's a, it's the whispers in our bed. It's the whispers in our chairs when we get quiet. It's the whispers when we're driving down the street. It's that, that self-sabotage when we're, when we're trying to be successful. And we feel like we're not worthy of being successful, you know, yeah. it, and and we end up getting secondary positions, even though we know we can do that position. It's it, it, it's one of those things that just it's almost like weighing 50, having a 50 pound heavier pack on your back that, you know, that you can do things, but yet you just can't get anywhere because you're just so weighed down. 
with yeah. with things and it's just this metaphorical weight that we go through and and that's the thing and i'm going to say this again you know for those that are just now coming into our show that you know we're talking about something that is very dear to many hearts many lives many scenarios of of people who have passed and and regan you know you went to a funeral yesterday to to support the family members and yourself even for yep. uh, your your son-in-law who committed suicide because of of the struggles of his mind and your granddaughter has struggled deeply with this not being able to understand and and you know there's there's this part of things that and I'm getting a hit and I don't know if I should put this out on air you know of something for your granddaughter and oh. I want to honor that but now I could tell you later okay. yeah um that you know as we go through things and as we go through life that life happens and we're here to support and and hopefully give a different perspective for someone who can do so if you have a comment or if you have anything you would like to say the things you know we would love your input in this this communication because we are here to support and you know we all have a life that's why when i do a session <laughs> and i know for you regan that that you have this um intention too that we don't judge i don't judge because why should i judge we don't know our we don't know other people's stories i know that's the thing you know you have to and i and i keep learning that but you know being human i still do judge i try not to i'm way better at it than i used to be but my 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 go-to instant thing sometimes is to judge and then i catch myself real quick and i feel good about myself that i don't judge like i used to because mm -hmm. i know wait a minute and if i do judge then i go wait a minute i don't know you know, even yesterday, somebody was weaving through traffic, and I thought, my God, they're going to kill themselves. I'm going like 65, and they must be going 80. And they went right in front of me, and right in front of another. They're just weaving in and out, going like 90 miles an hour. And I go, okay, that could be just an irresponsible kid, you know, just doing that and shouldn't be doing it. Or how do I know? Maybe he just found out his, his wife's in the hospital or something. Or, you know, mm -hmm. you don't know. So, I mean, simple as that. You just, just don't, don't. You don't know. Yes, you don't know. And now that I know that my brother-in-law had PTSD and was suffering from it severely, I know why he was drinking, okay? Uh, I know why it was hard for him because he was, other than that, he was a wonderful man. And that's what my daughter would say. He was, he had a lot of good things in him. You know, he was really good, but then, you know, he would uh, have to drink, you know, to cover up uh, so he didn't have to feel. And then, mm -hmm. and then when he, when he had those um, boundaries blocks down because alcoholism did it, yeah. then all those emotions that he was hiding and not dealing with in his true reality can't comes out and it, it implodes and i know i did a class uh, last thursday about emotions and how you know if we don't deal with them they imp they explode on us yeah and the more that we can treat you know you know our our um our emotions like friends you know that that you know how would you talk to your best friend well you talk to your emotions like you're you're talking to your friends so i know we're upset i know that you're not happy about something so can you tell me why or you know and you don't and the first thing you hear is usually your emotion talking to you and you know that that you talk with them and you give them credit you give them moments because sometimes when we're angry you know we're sitting there and it stews on us and it's just this ticker tape that goes around and around and around and then we get these moments where you know you know our mate or a child walks in the door or someone we go into the grocery store and we don't get what we want and boom you know you know we get angry and that's the thing about life it's just if we can just interact with where we're at a little bit more being vulnerable it's amazing where we can not be so reactive when when we're under alcoholism or we're under this or we're under that and oh my love goes to everyone because i know that we all have stories for my granddaughter it's like inside i'm, I'm going okay i i know your dad's okay he's just on the other side you know and I'm, I'm, I'm wishing that I could, 
do a session with this young granddaughter and have her visit him, make sure everything's okay. But it was not my place to do that. And maybe when she gets older, because we're, we're becoming, you know, I love when she hugs me now. I mean, I, I just feel welcomed every time I see her because I'm, because of my trip to the other side, when they told me to be a better grandfather, mm -hmm. and I, now I'm seeing my grandkids a lot more and, um, and loving it. It was the best advice they could have given me. So we're becoming close now. So I figured that if, if there's a time later on, you know, as she's getting older, I'm, I'm here to do that. And if, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But, you know, us like Natasha, you probably have that sometimes too. It's like, unless you're invited or, or it's natural, you just have to butt out. Even though you, you just like, you want to help somebody. You know the fix, you know the key, you know the thing that, that will manage. But not my story to tell. It's like, unless I'm invited, unless I'm invited. And sometimes I wish I was. <laughs> you know, and that's something we have to learn too, that sometimes, uh, and my clients learn too, when they're on the other side and they're, uh, you know, because we, we discovered everybody is that when you decide to come down in your physical body, you don't send all of yourself into the body. There's mm -hmm. always part of you up there, which means that everybody that's ever lived, even if they've reincarnated again, part of them's up there. Mm -hmm. so you can actually have conversations with, uh, you know. I, I do that with like great, great grandparents. Really? That I have conversations with their energy self. Yeah. And they're visiting their in, even though they're back in body. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. So, which means if you have some issues with your husband on the other side, you can talk to him and say, "Hey, what's up? Why are you why are you being why are you being so difficult?" And you can get answers, you know, from from a, that that perspective. So, that's a that's a that's a wonderful thing to know that you know we all have part of ourselves up there. Uh, and I'm just blown away when I uh, I ask somebody uh, they're deep in trance, and then I'll say, "May I talk to your higher self?" And they go, "Yeah," and then psh, out pops this other part of themselves and we're talking <laughs> and that and that higher self of them is is reading them the riot act you know they're saying good and my clients when they listen back to the tapes and they hear themselves giving themselves a lecture about about how <laughs> it's really it's a beautiful part you know like how can you you know like um we, i found out on the other side that not all the time but in general a lot of times they're anti drugs you know in other words uh that we don't we're over medicated that maybe there's other ways of healing you know um and of course me as a therapist i can't diagnose i can't tell a mm -hmm. client off of whatever but they listen to the tape and there's themselves saying hey you're taking too much xanax you know you need to cut down on that or get rid of it because it's not really helping you so you know it's it's just uh, interesting but i did have one a few weeks ago she was on taking uh, estrogen and progesterone or something mm -hmm. things for hormones for women. Yes. And, uh, they said there is some natural ones that might be a little better, but you're okay. You know, with what you're taking, it's kind of helping you. And they just told her to well, check with your doctor often because you won't need them for very long. Yes. So that was good. Yeah. And that's the thing about where I'm grateful for my life is, is that I check in a lot of times with my and I call my myself part of my team, you know, so I'm yeah. checking in a lot with myself about what should I do? Where should I go? What's going to happen? You know, it's like that, that observer, when I'm having a conversation, I have a part of me that's observer sitting up here going, maybe you should say this, maybe, you know, for the greater good, say that, or maybe you should move over and, and instead of standing in front of it, why don't you turn and, and go around the corner and just start distracting yourself a little bit or, you know, so that doesn't flare up more or, you know, it's like, it's interesting to have these conversations where I'm hearing what I should do. So the greater good happens. And yeah. it's like, sometimes I don't listen. And I hope I do a lot of times. <laughs> where I was going with that thought was, is that, uh, for instance, uh, just an example, um, uh, I had a, a client whose uh, mother was uh, in need of, um, you know, she, she was getting Alzheimer's. They were never very close as, you know, but now she's figuring, oh, I need to do this for my mom and that for my mom. When she was on the other side, she found out that, no, just you don't need to be doing anything. So don't feel guilty about that. She's chosen her own mm -hmm. thing she's 
going through her own thing right now and you don't have to feel guilty about not being there. So, I mean, in some cases it might be, hey, you need to be there because this would help your mom. But in this case, it wasn't. So, you know, that was it. And I just got to thinking I was, you know, a ventriloquist for 30 years, you know, so. And now I kind of swear that my little dog, Harvey, who's a, my puppet that made me millions and <laughs> made me a million dollars over the years um, uh, that I had. I bet you that was my higher self because I swear it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. And, and that's the thing is like with ventriloquism, when they when your characters become as real to you as real people, that's how other people see them. You know, so I'd be doing a corporate event and Harvey, this my 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 little dog. uh uh, he would be roasting like one of the guys in the company. And one time this one guy, he jumps up and he runs into the aisle and he starts arguing with my dog, you know, and, and uh, I, people were laughing. I mean, they were had tears and it, it went on and on where I was able, or Harvey, my dog was able to come back with comebacks and just kept one upping him and one upping him. And it was one of the most fun shows I ever did. And then I'm, I'm like watching it and I'm, and I'm going, where the, where the heck am I getting? <laughs> I guess that's not me that's talking because I don't know where this these jokes are coming from. I mean, it's really weird, you know, but but that made it fun for me because when my my characters, I had a little boy and I had a gorilla and I had Harvey, my dog. Harvey was a sweetheart. He was like uh, he was like my higher self would never harm or do anything mm -hmm. in any way. It was all about love. But boy, could he say so he could really roast people. You know, like, because he did it with tough love. He did it with with the intention yeah. of love. So it wasn't coming across. Now, what I do is I call that the part of me that knows what to do. Yeah. So either that's my part of my soul that's yeah. lived so many different lifetimes that has the tools and pulls out these different lifetimes and helps me. Or it's that part of me that is my spirit, my guides that are coming through and helping higher self uh, part of me that that's i don't really think that i have an understanding that my higher self is in this lifetime with me it's just that connection to the spiritual world of who i am it's kind yeah. of like the brain of my soul my higher self is like the brain of my soul in a way yeah. it to for lack of a better word so with that the that since that part of me has done much in many lifetimes it's like Oh crap! I do actually know how to teach fractions, even though I wouldn't be able to do it if I <laughs> had it on paper. You know what I mean? It's like there's something there. We all have a part of us that knows what to do, and and that's the thing. And I'm going to circle this back around to how we started the show. That when we're going through drama, trauma, when we're going through these places where we're in such pain, when we're going through uh, our PS you know, the, 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 the shell shock, the, the, those moments where we have our memories that keep coming back and hunting, haunting us, hunting us and haunting us <laughs> both, you know, that, that there is a part of us that knows what to do. And that part of us wants us to feel light, love and success. Yeah. And success isn't about wealth. Success isn't about getting the job. It's not about it's that success to say I survived and survived well. I survived well. And if we can trust that part of us, be vulnerable enough to trust that part of us that knows what to do. And it's kind of like me saying when I'm doing sessions, I'm stepping aside. I'm stepping aside my mind who wants to control so that I can move forward. And, and it's amazing when we can manage and surrender to that, life gets a little bit easier. And sure. yes, we still feel, yes, we still manage, yes, we still go through it. Yet at the same time though, it's kind of like, it's kind of like being in a maze and there's that part of you that knows the way out of the maze. Well, and, and I think what mediums are really helping people, I think it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger thing than people realize. I mean, Okay, let's say before someone goes to a medium, they have questions like, well, I wonder if there is really a heaven. I wonder if there really is an afterlife. You know, maybe people are just dead and they go back to dust, you know. And then all of a sudden uh, they contact a medium or they do a past life regression with me and a whole new world opens up. Mm -hmm. Possibilities, you know, because just having that, you're going to look at life differently when you realize that, no, we're we're not this body. We're, we're actually soul. You know, that's our... 
we're soul with a body, not body with a soul. Mm -hmm. And that's a, just change that little perspective and you look at everything different, you know? We truly do. We truly do. And, and that's the, that's the reason why we're here. We're not here to, to be in uh, Afghanistan or in these wars. Oh my gosh, Afghanistan now. Oh, my love goes to you guys. <laughs> and my, I'm asking for healing on this. Um, that as we go through, sorry, tapped into the, that fear, uh, that when we go through things and we go through life, we're not meant to have that drama trauma. But many of us get so sucked into being in this planet and things happen to us like grief losing a loved one and that's the thing that just kind of hits us in the it's like getting hit over the head with a two by four and we're not the same people again we're not the same people again and that's the thing that i was that i want people to know is is that please know that you're loved through this process you have angels with you you have major angels with you there's so many times i see azarel with with you and that's the angel of time that's the ultimate angel of death that's and rebirth that's the angel that holds energies and and i know i've said this before and we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9/11 yeah oh my gosh that the the image and the knowing of looking above the area where 9/11 happened and the ring of angels singing the song was beautiful singing the soul's home yeah nobody was left behind the one i helped one soul that that wanted some support this was before i really started doing this business and and um i took my kid to school and then sat down and and had a conversation with the soul who was left in the rubble she did not move on because she needed this process. She was not going to be forgotten. Hmm. The angels were with her, but she, there was something that she needed to go through. And I was the one who had my soul go to New York and walk through saying goodbye. And hmm. then she was brought up to do the, to the angel song. Yeah. I, I think, uh, and would you agree in this Natasha too, that, you know, most souls, you know, they've come and gone so many times, you know, they die and they go, oh, you know, wow, that was an interesting life. And, and they're, they're there for a minute and then they know that they're going home. Mm -hmm. But some some people, uh, when it's especially it's an unexpected death, like, yes. they, like the building thing or something, it's such a trauma that it takes a little bit of time for them to realize that they're not in their body anymore. You know, mm -hmm. and they're still kind of connected there until they and, and, and eventually eventually either with the help of angels or someone that comes in like you and helps them do the walk sometimes they need to like help them turn around and say you need to walk towards the light let me help you or something you know yes but it's yes. Not, now not now i'm getting that that somebody who's a medium is going to say oh no not every soul left and i get that but i'm going to say that every soul was not alone and yeah. they will go home at a certain time but sometimes there's souls lovingly said that they leave too early and then they go holy crap i wasn't ready to go yet i had this and this and this and this to do and they do and they're they're meant to do some energetical work or or any they're not in their physical body but they're meant to do some some navigation and then when they have that peace then they go but i can tell you that no one has been alone or if they go into that mode of of getting things done they always have a check-in there's always a check-in to say okay you know what's happening we understand what your journey is yeah um you know when i went to the other side the second time recently and then one of the first things that the the guides and everything over there said is just they said uh, just tell everybody and reassure everybody that all of these people that have died from COVID are just fine you know, mm -hmm. they're over here having parties, you know, I mean, they're okay. Uh, but they still understand how hard it is for us to have to lose loved ones and grief and everything we're going through. But um, 
uh, like on my website, you know, visit theafterlife.com. You can watch a young lady going through a past life and uh, whose um, a boyfriend strangled her actually. And so she's uh, dead and out of her body and she's just, she's madder and heck at him. Like, and she's thinking, why didn't I fight back? Why didn't I do all this? And the guy that's with her, because you say she's not alone, kind of was going, um, excuse me, excuse me. The guy, she says, why did he have to kill me? And kind of taps her on her shoulder and says, um, you're not dead. And then she could see this moment where she goes, oh yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm not dead. My body's there, but I'm okay. You know, and it was that, it's very interesting just to see the expression on her face when that realization, and all of a sudden she realizes, oh, oh, my guide's here. You know, um, I'm okay. You know, and uh, that was a interesting thing. So it's just such, isn't it weird? It's just like, we know, even Natasha, we know, like, I know everybody's okay. I'm, I know my mom, my brother and everything, they're just fine, you know, but still, we still have this, I guess it's just like missing a good friend, you know, who moves it's away an and you still just miss them because you want to be in that physical energy that you had with them, you know, and uh, you don't get to have that part of it for a while. No, no. I know for me, when I was down in California, that my dad, who's, I'm having a full circle moment this summer. Mm -hmm. um, my kid just turned 28. I was 28 when my dad died, and my dad's been gone for 28 years. So it's kind wow. of, it's a full circle moment. Well, my dad was down there, and, and my dad passed away when he was 56, 57. I'm 55. So I'm right in that timeline oh, wow. with all this magic that's happening my dad came through and really did a lot of healing work with me and like he said natasha just because we left early doesn't mean you have to you know yeah, he said my our timeline was shorter your lineage is 90 and above so girl you got time so yeah. get your butt getting healthier you know it's like yeah. he wanted me to stand up straighter he wanted me to own my life and I carry a lot of emotions and he gave me one of the greatest tools. I, I, I have emotions. I'm not my emotions. I yeah. have emotions. I'm not my emotions. Yeah. yeah. For me, that was huge because a lot of us people hold our emotions in our gut and I was feeling bloated and that's a long story made short, but you know, we all have these moments where even my, my father, like I said, we, he, him and I were, were twin, we're, we're souls that, that we've, we've danced many, many lifetimes together that, that we, he knew what ache I was feeling. And he came to me through my friend who's a medium also when I was visiting there, it's amazing how it doesn't matter how long somebody's gone. They're yeah. still there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they well, and I guess maybe it's different, like it's different than grief. Like, cause you know, um, it's, it's like maybe grief is an extreme form of sadness, I guess. So it you still feel sad that you can't see him just like a friend that moved away across the country and you just can't get to see him, but once every 10 years or something, uh, and knowing that they're gone forever, you know, but when you know they're not gone forever, it's more like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you still go through sadness, but it's not uh, debilitating, you know, mm -hmm. it's not something that you, you can't move on from. One thing that watching the ceremony that they went through, I was so impressed with these uh, soldiers that were there and, you know, they're taught, they're taught to just be, you know, to not to, to be neutral emotion wise. And so it's very solemn, you know the way they move, the way when they fold the flag up, they have it all in step. It's I was I was bawling when they did it oh. at my uncle's house because or at my uncle's funeral because it was just so, so honored. Like, yes, it seemed like so, it so honored. And those men, they seemed to truly love what they were doing and giving respect to uh -huh. that, that soldier that, that died. You know. it, it's that true honor of integrity. It's that it, it's it's beyond. It's beyond. Yeah. And I thought, oh, before I forget too, for those who want to see a really moving movie, it's with Kevin Bacon. It's called. It's called. Oh God, I just was saying it in my mind. Taking <laughs> chance. I think it's called taking chance. There was a soldier that died named Chance, 
and Kevin Bacon is on the detail that has to take the body back to Minnesota somewhere and to be at the funeral home when they have the service. And you get to see what what happens and what the and that's one thing I do have respect as much as the you know the VA doesn't do all they can sometimes I think and let's for the living <laughs> yeah for the living they sure do a good job on on respecting the dead but take is called taking chance it's an a plus movie but it's very you know got to have a couple tissues with you you know but it, it really sees what all these families go through and when um, when that soldier stood in front of my granddaughter with the flag and he says, you know, very directly to her, eye to eye, he says, uh, you know, it says uh, for me and all the country and the president of the United States, we wanna thank you for your father's service, you know, and then hands her the flag. And she just had this little tear that came down. Ah, oh, everybody there was in tears, you know, but it was, um, you know, it was beautiful. And then they give her, the, the, the 21 gun salute they do, they give her the shells that are expelled from that. And they put it in a little thing and said, these are to, to remind you that of, uh, we're grateful for his service, you know. But what was good was Candace gave us each a postcard to write to uh, to write things on it for my granddaughter. And so all of us wrote stuff, you know, for her. Mm, oh, that's so neat. But she gets to read them all, you know, got to read them all when she went home. So she's going to know that she's loved and cared for. And I think that's going to help her a lot, you know, mm -hmm. that way. This, you know, when you see kids, isn't it funny? It's like, of course, it's sad when adults go through it. And I'm sad for my daughter, but an innocent, you know, as we look at like, you know, a child going through this and having to deal Nobody's with Nobody's innocent. Yeah. Nobody's innocent. You know, we all get, we all get it sometime. And yeah. I know for me, my kids from being in my womb <laughs> to their seventh year of my oldest child, knew more death in their life than they knew life. Yeah. And my my oldest, who's who's four years older than my younger, um, says himself that he's actually grateful because he had a friend who lost who lost a grandparent and he knew my child who was you know 25 at the time knew how to be with his friend because he said, I understood. I understood. And I know my younger child says the same thing. Mom, I understand. I didn't have a relationship with most of the people because of being too young, but understood the process. Mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. hide anything from my children. I, I hid, I hid the, like my, my, my children were not in the room when my mom passed or when it weren't in the house, my friend had him. But yet at the same time, they knew something was happening. They knew that it was time to say goodbye to grandma because it was going to be, you know, not too long. They yeah. knew, they knew they were at the funeral. They knew the process of life. I was kind with them. I gave them heads up. I was gracious with them, you know, but, but we can't hide. We can't hide these. Even when my pets were passing. I told my kids, you know, yeah. that it's time to say goodbye because they're going to be gone or, you know, they passed in the night. Would you like to say goodbye now? Yeah. You know, and if they chose not to, they chose not to. But I didn't want to give them that, not give them an option. I think it's good for adults as, as adults that we act responsibly to um, at the funerals. Like six of my other grandchildren were there. And so they got to witness their first uh, ceremony of someone passing away. And so they they're starting to get an idea that this is this is life, this is what happens, and mm -hmm. then you know, afterwards we all go out and get pizza, <laughs> you know. So I think it was good for them too. I was watching some of my other grandchildren and watching their faces and observing, and they were just intently there. The only thing that shocked everybody at first was the gunshots because they were so loud. But they, they're yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> they're just, they just, people were just like this, you know. But I think what that is is it made the it made the rest of the presentation real. It's just like, oh, these people are not going to do this. It's like the gunshots were like, this is happening. You know, this is this is this is serious. And that's what a lot of our generation, our younger generation, from us, younger generation, mm -hmm. our military, hear daily. Oh yeah. 
and the bombs are worse. Shell shocked. Yeah. And on yeah. that note, <laughs> I'm going to honor everyone and okay. say that you are loved. Please know that tomorrow is worth it. The next minute is worth it. There is help out there. And you, we honor you by having this conversation. And we honor the ones who have passed by having this conversation of something that is not necessarily happy to have a conversation, but yet it's well deserved because the yeah. people who have chosen to left to, to leave and the families that are left and the moment where someone is trying to make that choice. I hope that, that our words or someone's words are there to say, please don't that there's ways, please, in that moment of, of, of making choices that you're vulnerable enough to say, I yeah. need help. I need help. And you call someone, you do something to get help because there is help out there. There is. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll get, yeah, it's like, you know, the suicide hotlines, you know, just talk to a friend, um, get therapy or something, you know, you'll, you'll get through it. You know, you'll get through it just like mm -hmm. having a bad day sometimes. And then, you know, you just feel like quitting your job or something and then you you get next day. It's everything's OK. You know, mm -hmm. so there is help out there. And I, if anybody uh, has uh, suicide ideation or something like that, um, gosh, you can call me. I'll, I'll talk you out of it in a hurry, you know, because I'm going to give you some some good, positive things to think about. You know, I uh, we can talk about another time. I had a guy one time come to a booth I had that wanted to kill himself and he realized I'm a therapist. So I've spent four hours in my car working with them and putting them on a plane back to where he came from, you know, when he finally had to start looking at the glass half full instead of half empty. Mm -hmm. There's help out there, you know. So um, people, if you need to get a hold of me, I'm at visittheafterlife.com. There's some great videos on there with traditional therapy and with the spiritual therapy. Um, and the traditional therapy, if you have a relative or someone that needs some help with PTSD or a grief or anxiety or quit smoking even, you know, or losing weight. I mean, I can help you with that. that. Hypnotherapy works great for that. Just getting in and helping you reprogram yourself so that you can have a happier life. You know, uh, Zoom sessions work really good for that. Uh, I can teach you to do the tapping. I can teach you in an hour and you'll use it every day to keep your body functioning at its optimum best. So you get a lot of self-healing just by keeping the energy in your body flowing like it should. Mm -hmm. So watch the videos on there. And if you want the spiritual therapy, that's what I really recommend. It's like getting years of therapy in one session. <laughs> That's what I hear too. It's right, like right. I've been going to the counselor for years. I got and I cleared things up in one session with you. And then yeah. well, I guess I could have came here a little earlier, shouldn't yeah. I? <laughs> it's, uh, the, the process you do is called life between lives therapy, and uh, you find yourself deep in trance, which almost everybody can get to, and you actually experience yourself in the afterlife. There's usually wise people on the other side that will give you answers to things. You can visit loved ones that passed away. You just get a bigger picture of everything. Like Natasha gives you a bigger picture of that we're just more than this little tiny thing we have. So I can help you there. It can even be done over Zoom. Uh, or you can go to the Newton Institute, newtoninstitute.org. So newtoninstitute.org. And there's a lot of information there. There's books. Uh, our published books on our research have sold over a million copies. So they're available sometimes on used books. We get them at the library and you can learn all about the afterlife. So how they get a hold of you, Natasha? They can reach me at angelicclarifications.com or Natasha at angelicclarifications.com is my email. And that's the thing that, that, you know, like I had a session the other day that she was in such shame because her daughter left, made the decision to leave. And she had, you know, she had mother's guilt of survival. <sighs> My love goes to everyone as we go through life and we manage things and we go through what we're going through. And, and that's why I'm here. I'm doing my soul's work, walk because it wants to support and love and help someone get from there to where they're 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 called to be because their soul is saying please i just want to live a lighter life a lighter life and so with that 
Regan, thank you for being here. We're here Mondays yeah. at 4 Pacific time, every Monday on Natasha Venter uh, Angelic Clarifications on Facebook or my YouTube channel, Natasha Venter. And if Regan had a um, a YouTube page, I we would be live there, but he no, hasn't gotten one yet. So, <laughs> so with that, please know you're welcome. I'm also on Wednesdays at 4 on the same channels doing um, life clarifications with Natasha. So we talk about a little bit about everything too, to get through life and managing life. So oh, thank you for being here. Yeah, one more thing. If they go to the newtoninstitute.org, you can sign up for Stories of the Afterlife. Uh, it's a quarterly publication and you get all the latest on what we're finding out about the afterlife. A lot, they have, they have thousands of subscribers now and you can go there and subscribe. So it's great. Wonderful, wonderful. Blessings to all. And just please know you have angels with you and, and you know, guides with you and family members with you. You know, even if you believe it or not. So know that you're not alone, even when yeah. you feel you are. The research well, is showing that that's absolutely true. Yes. My love is with everyone. Blessings to you. Bye now. See you next time.